This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 199 of the Catholic Foodie, Five Years in Heaven with John Schlem. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie Podcast, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we are talking with author John Schlem. With his book, his new book that's coming out in, uh, just, just next week, uh, called Five Years in Heaven. It is the story, the tale of an unlikely friendship between himself uh, when he was in his early 30s and a 87-year-old nun by the name of Sister Augustine. I can't wait to introduce you to John and to his story. I know that you're going to get a lot out of it. I know I have. And uh, we have some other exciting things to uh, talk about today here on the Catholic Foodie Podcast. I can't wait to share those with you. So stay tuned right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right, folks. We have lots of good things, lots of exciting things happening uh, right now at the Catholic Foodie. You know, it's springtime. It is springtime. We have uh, serious weather here in the South. You know, they say that April showers bring May flowers. At least I think that's what they say. And we've had our fair share of showers over the last uh, few days. And believe it or not, when you have serious or severe weather like that, sometimes you have to get kind of creative in the kitchen. And these are the times when, you know, we are here in the in the young household we are known to do things like um uh, breakfast for dinner. You know, have you ever done that? Where you do scrambled eggs, maybe some bacon if you have it on hand, uh, English muffins if you have them in the house, uh, whatever you have. Uh, omelets. We did omelets uh, the other evening. Uh, matter of fact, last night uh, we did quiche because we had the ingredients on hand. It was nasty outside. A lot of activities were canceled because of the weather. And uh, we made uh, quiche. And the way that we did that was in individual muffin tins. We had, um, and now that I'm thinking about it, it wasn't even really aluminum. It wasn't an aluminum tin or, or even a metal tin. It was in a, a stoneware. Uh, but we have, you know, the, the 12, 12 uh, holes there for muffins. And we did individual uh, servings of, um, of quiche with spinach and uh, cheddar cheese and uh, mushrooms, sauteed mushrooms, green onions. Uh, very very good. So you can always get creative in the kitchen. And if uh, if y'all are going through anything like that right now with the storms, the weather, uh, and you have to get creative, I'd love to hear about it. You can always leave me some voice feedback at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. Just call that number. It is a voice uh, recorder. Just leave me a message. I can play that here on the show. I'd love to play, uh, I'd love to play uh, voice feedback. So Tell me what you've got going in your kitchen. What's going on that's creative? I'd love to hear it. I do have some voice feedback to play for you today uh, from a good friend of mine, uh, the host of the Special Chronicles podcast. My friend Daniel uh, called and left some voice uh, voice feedback for me. Now, it is there is a little um, uh, what we call sometimes Skyping out. You know, if you use that application online called Skype, which is wonderful. It's 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 a great service. You can talk to people all over the world. Uh, I have uh, the professional version or paid version of that of, of Skype. I've got a, a phone number associated with that. That's that nine eight five number I gave you a few minutes ago or a few seconds ago. I also uh, have voicemail there. You know, so it's like an answer machine. You can leave a message. Uh, but sometimes it's wonderful service. Sometimes it kind of cuts out. 
and uh, not all the time. And I've had many, many times when I've used that service and never had an issue at all. But sometimes it does this thing that that we refer to as Skyping out. And that's where, um, you know, the, the, the voice gets kind of garbled a little bit. Unfortunately, Daniel's voice gets a little garbled, but I know what he was talking about. <laughs> so I'm going to play that voice feedback for you right now on the show. And uh, Daniel, thank you for calling. Let's, uh, let's let this run right now. Hey, Jeff. This is Daniel Fugoski, founder of Special Chronicles. I uh, am just leaving the voicemail feedback for your next episode of Traffic Free. I'm just um, about here uh, to uh, um, sit down to dinner on Wednesday, April 22nd, and eat some falafel uh, in um, honor of your uh, uh, book uh, on the table. And uh, just... Uh, but uh, I'm going to voice your feedback and let you know that um, it's uh, way good. And uh, congratulations on uh, your upcoming endeavors with the Catholic Foodie. Uh, I won't let you listen to those. Uh, no, I'll let you un- announce that. But uh, I just thought I'd uh, share that with you and, uh, and uh, look forward to listening to continuing to um, listen to your podcast. Thanks. Take care and God bless. Bye. Daniel, thank you so much for, uh, for the feedback. Uh, so great to hear your voice and, uh, I'm so happy, first of all, that you love the cookbook. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, it makes me very, very happy to to hear. And uh, and I'm, I'm so happy that you love falafel, too. <laughs> you know, I, I had the opportunity not only to eat falafel when I was in the Holy Land, but also had the chance to, uh, to make it and uh, to do so right alongside of uh, the head chef of um, uh, the, the cooking school that's associated with the Vatican Hotel right there in in uh, in Jerusalem, talking about uh, Hotel Notre Dame or Notre Dame, um, and they have a cooking school, a culinary school, a hospitality center. Actually, it's a hospitality school attached to to the hotel, and they do they train they train uh, cooks and chefs and and all that fun stuff. So we had the opportunity uh, when I was in the Holy Land, we had the opportunity to uh, to have lunch uh, there, not only uh, to 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 have the chefs cook for us, but we got to get into the kitchen and actually cook with them. And that was just such a delight. So, and that lunch that day was falafel. We had falafel uh, sandwiches that, that we put together on uh, on pita, right? Flatbread on pita and uh, with, with pickles and, and cauliflower, pickled cauliflower and all kind of uh, delicious things and some some sauces and whatnot that, that went on there. Very, very good. So Daniel, thank you so much. Again, you're going to find Daniel, uh, folks. You can find Daniel, uh, Special Chronicles Podcast is his podcast and uh, does fantastic work. So thank you so much, Daniel. Just this past week, I had the uh, the pleasure of interviewing uh, author John Schlem, and uh, his most recent book, the book that's coming out next week, is called Five Years in Heaven. I was privileged to uh, receive an advanced copy of that book to uh, to review, to read, and to review, and that's what I'm bringing to you today. Uh, I had the pleasure of reading that. It, it was uh, it, it was a book. It was it's it's funny, you know. Sometimes we have things that happen to us in life, or or we have um, movies or, or books. Uh, 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 
podcast maybe uh, that we we are exposed to that touches in a way that we didn't expect right that that happens and and this book was like that for me uh, I was excited about reading it when I heard about it I thought it was really kind of a an interesting take an interesting story and it's really his his memoir his uh, telling uh, of the story of meeting uh, sister Augustine um, who was 87 years old at the time that 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 John met her and and it was what he calls an unlikely friendship. And uh, he was in his early 30s. He was confused, you know, uh, kind of at a crossroads in life. Um, he, he, you're going to hear more in the interview, but but John has, I mean, he's he's accomplished a, a, a lot in his life. And and at that time, you know, you would look at him in his early 30s and thought, hey, man, he's 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 got it together. You know, he's accomplished so much, but he felt out of place in, in, in a way. And and so meeting Sister Augustine was really the start for him of, of a five-year friendship, a five-year relationship or friendship with this elderly nun that it was unlikely, right? It was unlikely. And uh, he kept going back and meeting with her. And, and she was an artist and he's an artist. And, and so there was a bond there. Um, and he, you know, this is a friendship where, you know, John says that they, they really answered uh, all of life's uh, toughest questions, all of life's mysteries. Uh, no topic was um, off the table, right? No topic was um, uh, was not allowed. So, so they talked about all kind of stuff. And John, he just says he learned so much from her and really learned about life and what life is all about from this elderly nun. There's, there's just so much to unpack from this story. And um, I'm very happy that that I had a chance to read. I'm very happy that the the book kind of did to me something that was unexpected. Uh, certainly made me reflect uh, on people who have in my life who have uh, really impacted me in one way or another. And I uh, hope to share more of that, you know, my personal reaction with you um, next week. The book comes out, by the way, Five Years in Heaven, uh, published by Image Catholic Books. It comes out on May 5th. And um, kind of in conjunction with the release of the book, uh, John and uh, Image Catholic Books are teaming up to um, to celebrate, really, to celebrate uh, all those nuns in our lives who have uh, influenced us uh, for good, who have um, impacted our lives positively in some way. And so what they, they've done is they have uh, dubbed May 5th as Thank a Nun Day. And they're going to use the hashtag Thank a Nun. And uh, they have a little press release here I want to read to you. This is uh, from Image Catholic Books. It says that Tuesday, May 5th is going to be an exciting day in conjunction with the release of John Schlem's book, Five Years in Heaven. Image Catholic Books designated May 5th as Thank a Nun Day. Image Catholic Books is inviting social media users everywhere to join an unprecedented global movement on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest called Thank a Nun Day. Thank a Nun Day is an organized social media effort that invite that invites participants of all ages from around the world to unite under the hashtag Thank a Nun. To share messages of gratitude to the Catholic nuns past and present who have made a difference in their lives. Thank a Nun Day was inspired by the new spiritual class or the, the new spiritual memoir, Five Years in Heaven, the unlikely friendship that answered life's greatest questions. By John Schlem. In this in his book, John recounts the heartwarming story of his five year friendship with a Catholic nun, Sister Augustine, who, even into her nineties, helped him discover the true meaning and purpose of his life. 
He says, quote, for as long as I live, Sister Augustine will be one of the most extraordinary people I ever, I'll ever know, John said. For me, she was a light in the darkness, a mentor, a friend. I know many others feel the same way about the special nuns who have passed through their lives as well. End quote. Participants are encouraged to use the hashtag ThinkAnun in sharing written messages and photos all day on May 5th on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest as a way to say thank you to the Catholic sisters who have dedicated their lives to serving, encouraging, and inspiring others. Quote, It's so exciting to join my neighbors across the U.S. and the globe in this effort to pay tribute to the thousands of nuns who have shared their wisdom, humor, and grace with us, John added. Each one of them is a glimpse of heaven right here on earth, end quote. The effort to celebrate the service and contribution of Catholic nuns is being jointly sponsored by Image, the Catholic division of Penguin Random House, and John Schlimm, author of Five Years in Heaven. There are several ways to participate uh, in Thank a Nun Day. And by the way, if you go to catholicfoodie.com, I do have links there to all this uh, information. So if you can't remember the different things I'm talking about or the different websites, just go to catholicfoodie.com and you'll find all the links right there. They have set up what they call a thunderclap. It's a, it's a social media platform that helps you to, in one instance, in one way, right at one time, you can kind of join that and then help to spread the word through your various different uh, social uh, media networks, you know, Facebook, Twitter, etc. cetera. Uh, also, Image Catholic Books has set up a landing page and you can find a link to that uh, in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, for kids, there's also a, uh, a color sheet. You know, you can color a nun. Uh, there's a color sheet there for them. And uh, you can even, your, your kids can even share that on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest. So this is very good. You know, I, I like this. I, I love this actually. You know, I can't read, I can't wait to read what you share. Uh, on Thank a Nun Day. I know that there are so many nuns that that I want to thank, nuns that have had such powerful impact on my life, including Blessed Mother Teresa of Calcutta. So I'll have to tell you more about that on May 5th. And also, just a little sneak peek for you, uh, John John is also a, a pretty prolific cookbook author. He has written a number of cookbooks, and uh, he's given me permission to share one or two of his recipes with you, which I will be doing on May 5th as a follow-up to this this interview on May 5th and in conjunction with the Thank a Nun Day. So I'm very excited about that as well. So last week I said I had this conversation with uh, John Schlem and uh, uh, it was just such a delight to to speak with him, um, to have him on the phone and to talk about the book that I, I love so much. So without further ado, I want to uh, bring John on right now and uh, let y'all uh, kind of like open the door a little bit, right? You get to to pop in and listen to our conversation, to our, our interview uh, from last week. Well, folks, I'm so excited today. We, we have a special guest with us. Joining us, John Schlimm, who is the author of 16 books. His most recent book is called Five Years in Heaven, The Unlikely Friendship that's an- That Answered Life's Greatest Questions. John, welcome to the Catholic Foodie Podcast. Hey, Jeff, it is so great to be with you. And I was so excited when I learned that there is a podcast and a great <laughs> blog called Catholic Foodie. Yeah, Food it's and awesome. Faith. <laughs> well, thank you. You can't beat it. You can't beat that. Great I, combination. I, I, I like to uh, liken it to uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, you know, two great tastes <laughs> that taste great together, Food and Faith. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm privileged, uh, John, 
Ron, I was privileged to get an advanced copy of your book and to to have read it. And yeah, I have to admit, yeah, I got, it was intriguing, very intriguing. I'm going to ask you a few questions about some of the things that really intrigued me uh, up front. Um, and I, I just, the book did something to me that I didn't anticipate. And I think that's going to come out in our conversation, which is excellent, by the way. It's, it's a very good thing that it did to me. Um, <laughs> but can you tell us, uh, just in the beginning here, the title itself was, um, I mean, it's eye-catching. It, it grabs the attention, but it, 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 it sort of, I don't know, puts you in a frame of mind to really be open to what the contents are. Can you explain why why five years in heaven? What's What's the story behind the title? You know, I, the story really uh, touches a little bit on the concept of what is heaven on earth. You know, is it possible for us uh, to have those rare moments when we experience a little slice of heaven right here? And for me, uh, the five years in this book really uh, allowed me to glimpse something just that I'd never glimpsed before, something majestic and something that certainly uh, I felt was, you know, a little slice of heaven. And, and the idea is that we really all have these opportunities in our lives and we just have to be open to uh, realizing when we encounter something that's really special that, you know, we're getting a, a glimpse and um, uh, getting to experience something that's quite rare. And, and I hope that comes across in the book. And that's really where the title came from. You know, this, this is not a near death experience book as some may uh, think it is, you know, you know, uh, as, as fun as it would probably be to get to go to heaven for five years and come back, uh, you know, I got to do that right here. And, uh, you know, and now everyone else who gets to read the book will get to experience that as well. That's awesome. That's, uh, you know, my, my, my youngest child is 13. And uh, I think in the last year or so, they were able to see some friends of theirs. They went to a movie together and they saw one of these movies where someone is like a near-death experience kind of a thing. And sure. she saw me reading the book a, a couple of weeks ago. And she says, hey, <laughs> is that like, did somebody really die? And it's like, well, it's, you know, it's a little, a little different. I'll have to explain it to you later. <laughs> well, well, you know, the beauty is uh, it, we don't have to, uh, you know, have a near-death experience to catch that glimpse of heaven. Uh, we each in our own lives get to experience that from time to time. And, and that's really what this book is about. And, this, and the subtitle brings that out, you know, the, the an unlikely friendship <clears throat> that answers life's greatest questions. And, you know, can you tell us just a little bit, because we haven't even said anything right now about what the book is about, but, <laughs> yes. but the, the, the fact is that it, is, it centers around this relationship, this friendship. And, and you call it in the very beginning there an unlikely friendship. What, what makes it unlikely? <laughs> well, you know, when I was 31 years old, I was at one of those crucial crossroads in life that we all encounter uh, from time to time. And I had moved back to my hometown in search of a simpler path. And I met, it, we happened in our hometown of St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, to have the oldest Benedictine convent in the country. And I was introduced to Sister Augustine, who was 87 years old at the time. And she ran the ceramic shop on the grounds of the convent. I never, I grew up my entire life here and I went to school right next door to the convent and the nuns were always an important part of our lives. I never knew this ceramic shop existed and was tucked away in a, in a little corner of this convent. And so, uh, 
you know, I met her, it was on February 21st. I still remember the date. And <laughs> th that started this relationship, this great friendship that really was quite unlikely between a 31 year old guy at a crucial crossroads in his life. And, you know, this beautiful woman at 87 years old who really uh, had been hidden away from the world and was ready to retire. And we got to be just the best of friends. And for the next five years, I visited with her every week, once or twice a week, and no topic was off limits. And so it was very unlikely from that standpoint. But at the same time, I want people uh, out there to realize that, again, those kinds of people are in all of our lives, really. And we just need to, to be mindful when they come in and appreciate them. Yes. And, and when you uh, when you first met Sister Augustine, you said uh, <laughs> that uh, February 21st, you marked it on your calendar. You know, in the book, you, 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 you said you circled it in your calendar. Um, it's almost as if you knew that this was a that this person was going to play a pivotal role in your life. Can you tell us what was that first encounter like? What was, what happened that made it just so striking? <laughs> well, a friend and I went to the ceramic shop. It was the friend who actually had remembered the ceramic shop from when he was little because his great grandmother would always take him. And I thought he, he meant the gift shop at the convent, which we were all familiar with. But sure enough, we, we went and he didn't even know if the convent uh, ceramic shop still existed. But sure enough, it was there. And we walked in and it literally was like walking into, I, I think of Luke Skywalker in his universe or Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory, or, you know, any of those because you walked in and it was just filled with the most amazing, colorful pieces. But yet it was this peaceful little humble place. And sister was nowhere to be found for uh, probably the first 15, 20 minutes. And as my friend Stephen and I just walked around and all of a sudden we heard this chuckle coming from the doorway because we were ooing and aahing over all the great stuff there. And I, I turned and there she was just barely over five feet tall, slightly hunched over in full traditional habit from head to toe. Uh, the only, <laughs> the only variation was she had on a bib apron that was smeared with paint. <laughs> and, and she just said, welcome. And she had the voice of a grandmother and this twinkle in her eye that I, I just connected with instantly. I felt like I'd known her forever. And it was, it was a twinkle in her eye that said to me, I've been waiting for you. And wow. I really feel at that crucial point in my life, it's no mistake that I was led there. And, uh, I will forever be grateful for that. And, you know, you said that, uh, that it was a crucial time for you. Um, you know, you have a, a, a pretty amazing pedigree, uh, reading, you know, your, your, uh, your bio, um, and you, I mean, you have a master's degree from Harvard, uh, you, you, you're part of or come out of the, the family of the, the straw brewery. Um, you, you've accomplished a lot. You've, I mean, at this point you've written 16 books. I don't know uh, at that, at that time, like how many you've had written, but, uh, I mean, pretty amazing accomplishments. And, and yet you, you're, you were in a, in a, in a crisis in a sense, huh? Well, my twenties had been a really great adventure. I had experienced working in uh, the office of the vice president at the, the white house. I had been a publicist in Nashville. I decided then to go back to school to get my teaching certifications, which then led me to Harvard. But then all of a sudden I hit my thirties 
And it was like I hit this brick wall because I suddenly didn't know where exactly I belonged. I started having all these questions about uh, faith and belonging and my purpose. And And again, I think these are all universal questions. That's the beauty of this story. I went through something we all go through probably many times throughout life, no matter what your age is. And so I decided to move back to my small hometown in Western PA in search of that simpler path, because I had kind of seen the glitz and glamour that the world had to offer. And I'll always be grateful for that because there's such an exciting world waiting for all of us out there to experience. But then I get home and I couldn't find a teaching job. I I was subbing, but no one would hire me. I decided I I really wanted to take those strawberry roots and turn them into the largest beer cookbook (laughs) ever published. (laughs) You know, my great-great-grandfather founded our brewery in the 1870s. And so that's a legacy I'm I'm super proud of. And, you know, we're now the third smallest brewery in the country. So I wanted to put those, uh, you know, at the time I realized, well, and it's true today, my cousin's certainly didn't want me on the production floor. It would have turned into that scene from I Love Lucy when <laughs> Lucy and Ethel are like in the chocolate factory. So they were happy to let me do, do the book thing. So I decided to write this cookbook and guess what? One rejection letter from oh, after another came from publishers. So, so suddenly it was like, did I make the right decision moving back here? I was just, you know, spinning And then on a very snowy, dark, late winter's afternoon, I am led into this little slice of heaven on earth, which was full of light and color and beauty and peace and humility. And, you know, at the center of it was Sister Augustine. And, you know, what, what's, um, uh, I've met, I've met folks in the, in the past. I have, you know, your book made me think and reflect a lot on, uh, on my history. And, uh, I, I have folks I look back on in my life who, who made major impacts to me, you know, in my life. And, uh, and, and I saw some of the similarities almost like I could, I, I knew the feeling, you know what I mean? Like I could oh, feel mm-hmm. what, what, what you were talking about here and there. And, uh, you know, but it, it's, it's almost as if, and I was trying to figure out a way to, to put this into words that I don't, I don't know if I can. It's like when you meet someone like that and you know that there's something there, you you know that there is some sort of a connection, excuse me, that there is a a purpose behind this meeting. Um, It's almost as if uh, it's not necessarily only for a future time, but that, 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 that life changing experience is happening now. You know what I mean? It's almost as if, as an example, I'm a, I'm a, um, that that it makes me do something out of the ordinary. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm still trying to wrestle with the way of putting this in, but in other words, for you, you went back a second time, you know, you went back a third time. Yes. You get, you kept going back that, that there was something there that in a sense, it makes a step out of the ordinary. And the ordinary for me, I know I can look back at, at times in my life where the ordinary was chaos. The ordinary was uh, frustration. The ordinary was um, me being, you know, woe is me and, and life is terrible. And But then there's something that calls me out of myself and and it makes me change in the moment. And I still don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but you, you, you tell us about that. Why do you go back the second time, the third time? And then, you know, for five years, you kept going back that, that, that there's something there. 
Well, I think that is one of the things that the the book answers because it is something that's very hard to put into words. It's almost like this magnetic pull that you feel in your heart that is, even if you didn't want to go, it's going to pull you there one way or another because <laughs> it's, it's so strong. And that is what really led me back that second time because by then, you know, the friend who had taken me there the first time, you know, he was, I think, uh, the divinely guided, uh, maybe chauffeur who he, <laughs> you know, he, it was his job to, to get me there the first time. Uh, and then he went back to, to New York where he lived and worked, even though he was from uh, St. Mary's. Uh, but that second time, it was that magnetic pull that you're talking about. And I really hope that readers, and I think you, you, you said it really well, I think readers, when they read this book, are going to realize that they've had that feeling before. And I think, uh, or at least I hope that Five Years in Heaven will, will put it into words and images so it's maybe easier for them to even understand when they've experienced this in the past, or maybe they're experiencing it right now that they have someone in their life like this, a great mentor or someone who they can share anything with. You know, Sister Augustine's uh, shop and studio became this amazing sanctuary for me when I would go each week, the outside world was left behind. I could sit down and while she was working on one of her pieces, we talked about everything. There was nothing off the table. I could confide any secret. I could vent any frustration. I could ask any question. And she was always open to listening to me. And she always had the most amazing answer, uh, to tell me. And I, again, the, the questions I asked her are really questions we all have throughout our lives. And I think that when readers hear the answers she gives, they're going to be able to draw their own meanings uh, that have purpose for them in their lives from her answers. Right. Cause I think, you know, a lot of us, we, a lot of us don't have, that, you know, we don't have the, I mean, think about that. It's amazing. An 87 year old woman who is not just a, a, a any woman, this is, this is a, a person, a nun who had spent her life, dedicated her life to prayer, yes. to community life. I mean, it was a rich life and, uh, and, and she's with this wealth of wisdom of, of very practical things in the world, she's able to help guide you along. And that is just, uh, that is a gift. And, and not everybody can, can say that they have had that or, or, or will have that, but there are maybe glimpses where some particular person plays a role in, 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 in our lives that, that kind of opens us up in a way that we weren't open before. Well, and one of the main reasons I decided to write five years in heaven was so that each reader will now have Sister Augustine as a mentor of their own, as that special person in their life. Because the book really invites readers to pull up a chair right beside us as we're having these conversations and having our little adventures that we had, which were so great in the ceramic shop. And they get to join right in. They get to, uh, again, garner their own meanings from the answers revealed. And, and so whether they have had a, a special mentor in their life or not, they will now. And I'm so excited to finally get to share Sister Augustine with the rest of the world. And for sure, when you think that here was a woman who entered uh, the convent as a postulant in the early years of the Great Depression. Wow. 
And here it is all these years later. She would have been a hundred years old this year. <laughs> so I, so I think it's even extra fitting that the book gets, you know, this is a, you know, an extra fitting, uh, maybe birthday celebration for her that I'm getting to share her with, uh, the rest of the world. And it's just such an exciting thing. And I'm so excited for, for readers to, uh, jump into this book. Uh, that is beautiful. Very beautiful. You know, and I, and I have to admit, um, you know, reading the book, uh, Sister Augusta reminded me of, of so many different people in my life, you know, in my life, um, in different parts of my life. I spent two years in Mexico uh, in the seminary with Mother Teresa's priest, and I had the privilege of meeting her on uh, three different occasions. And on one of those occasions, we were actually sitting down in the chapel together, just she and I, and having a conversation for about 15 minutes. I got to talk with Mother Teresa and oh, wow. and then pray with her. And uh, I, I get goosebumps now thinking about it. And, mm. and I can't tell you how many times I, th- I reflect back on those experiences in my life, which was just, uh, you know, seems like forever ago in, in one sense, but at the same time, uh, seems like it was just the other day. Is that, you know? Um, and so, so Sister Augustine really reminded me of, of Mother Teresa, reminded me of uh, a priest who was very influential in my life early on when I really needed somebody to be almost like a father figure for me. And she reminded me of him too, of Father Peter, uh, Father Peter Dunn, who is actually in Australia at the moment. So I, I, very relatable, very, uh, and, and it spoke to not just my head, but but my heart. I want to thank you for that. Can you tell us, uh, you know, Sister Augustine shared so much with you over those five years. And, and she, um, you, you talk about this answering like life's uh, greatest questions. And the, some of the things that I loved about the book was, was that <laughs> these conversations y'all would have. And it, it seems like there were these universal answers coming through these very simple and, and oftentimes very happy and joy filled conversations. Can you tell us some of the, the lessons maybe that you learned uh, from Sister Augustine, the ones that, that maybe you prize so much? Well, one time I arrived at the studio and there's a chapter in the book called Tiny Crosses, which is about this. And she she made these wonderful little crosses from the leftover clay because she she wasted absolutely nothing. (laughs) So when she would be scraping off the the rough edges of a piece of moist uh, uh, clayware before it would be fired, she would start a pile of that clay and eventually there'd be enough that she would be able to roll it out just like dough and with a little cookie cutter that I'm sure probably started out in the convent kitchen and eventually found its way to the ceramic shop. She would make these little uh, clayware crosses which were just absolutely wonderful. And so I arrived one day and she was making them because I'd actually and she was doing the batch for me because I have a cousin actually on the brewery side of the family, Father Harold, who is a missionary, a Franciscan missionary. We have two priests on the brewery side, which uh, is, is kind of interesting. And I had asked her to make some of these crosses to send back with him. So she said, come on in, you can help me do this. So she showed me how to do it. And while we were making these little crosses, I turned to her and I said, what is one of the greatest lessons you have ever learned in your life. And I knew I had, I had lobbed a, a biggie at her, you know, and she, she paused for a moment and, uh, you know, she had this wonderful little cat Blitzen who was always getting into mischief around and he hopped up on her lap. And as she was thinking about it, and then she came out with one word, forgiveness. Mm. 
And it was this beautiful conversation that we then had about the power of forgiveness and how fitting that we're making these little clay crosses and, and talking about forgiveness, because there was a lot of uh, things that have happened in my life, uh, bullying, which I talk about in the book that, you know, even though that may happen to us when we're younger, those wounds don't heal easily, even 20, 25 years later, and just even just daily hurts uh, that we all encounter. And she said, forgiveness is really a beginning. We always see it as this kind of end point. And oftentimes we hold, withhold our forgiveness because we think by forgiving the person who hurt us, we're letting them off the hook. Right. And she said, that's not true. She said, sure, uh, forgiving someone is a, a gift of love and compassion that you're extending to that person. But she said, it's an even greater gift of love and compassion and freedom that you give to yourself. Right. Wow. And that was one of the really most profound lessons that she taught me that I carry with me every single day. And, you know, I, I think all of your listeners out there uh, probably can relate that every day there's something <laughs> that we, you know, forgiveness, maybe it's actually someone having to forgive us for something, but there's always someone that uh, we encounter, maybe someone cuts us off on the, you know, during rush hour on the way to work. And it, you know, <laughs> even the little things like that to the more, uh, serious things, forgiveness is such a powerful lesson. And I, I will forever be grateful that that's one of the biggest lessons that she taught me. That's beautiful. And it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's so simple, but, so but, simple. but it's not, it's, it's oftentimes we find that it's very hard to do. And, and I guess in a, in a sense, it's a paradox because you're right, that, that feeling of um, maybe letting someone off the hook or uh, even condoning what they did. I mean, that feeling, you know, that you're condoning it if, if you don't, if you uh, forgive them. But at the same time, I think that most important thing is that you know, we rob ourselves of peace if we, uh, if we don't forgive. And, and that came across, uh, in the book too. Um, you know, there were a few, there were a few, actually several things that I have underlined throughout the book. Um, but one of the things that, and there are also certain themes that I felt like really spoke to me in, in the book. And one of them is just connecting, you know, yeah. how important it is to connect. And, and I, I mean that in a relational way. I mean that right. as far as person to person. Can you tell us a little bit about, she, she did talk about, uh, or you wrote about, um, I'm trying to see, I had, I have it marked in the book. I don't know if I'll be able to find it, but you had told a story <laughs> about your dad, like the smile. You remember that part? Yes. Of the, tell us a little bit about that. Cause that was, um, I, I love that. Well, she and I had a conversation about how important uh, just connecting person to person really is, especially these days when we are all, no matter who you are, we're all crazy busy running in a million different directions and uh, we're all wired up on our iPhones and computers. And so it's so easy to lose that sort of FaceTime with one another. And, uh, you know, and of course the, the book conveys that, that here I am sitting across from her a couple times a week, ha sharing that time. But I told her the story of my dad who, uh, every time he's in the car and we're driving by, he's always waving and smiling to people. And one time I said, well, who is that? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I didn't recognize him. I said, who, who is that? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, 
why'd you, why'd you wave <laughs> smile at them? And he said, well, the, the quickest way to make a friend is to smile at a stranger. And again, you talk about the simplest things. Uh, those are the things that flip the light switch in our, in our minds. And I was so inspired by that. And I got to share that story with sister and you know, he told that story to a priest and the next week he was sitting in church and sure enough, during the homily, the priest tells the story. So, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my dad was wise. Well, it is still wise in, very much in the way that Sister Augustine was. I always tell him he should have probably been born about 200 years ago <laughs> in the Wild West. And, you know, I, I'm not sure he's fit for the, the modern world because, but his wisdom certainly is. We, we need his wisdom. And at some point, I think maybe he'll be the topic of, of a book. But that was one of the beautiful things with sister is better understanding the power of our connections with each other. Even if it is someone we are just passing by on the street, just that Mm. simple smile might change their life forever. Maybe that's someone who's very lonely and by you smiling at them, that gives them hope in the world. And it further conveys to us as sister did to me that we're all interconnected Right. I, you know, someone halfway across the world, I may never meet them, but I'm still connected to them. They're still a brother and a sister of mine. And uh, another thing I'll be grateful for her opening my eyes to. Yeah, there, there was um, another uh, theme, I guess you'd say, that that really struck me. And I, and I say this because, I mean, it speaks to me because I'm, my life is very uh, busy, you know, and I, and I feel like uh, a lot of times, although I desire to slow down, um, it's not easy to do, especially when you have the demands of the world pressing in on you. You, you right. got to be at a certain time, a certain place at a certain time and you got to do X, <laughs> Y, and Z. And, you know, so life, life can, can be like that. But that seems to me, as I read the book, one of the themes throughout, because every time y'all are together, it it's like a, an unhurried time. It's a time where you are spending, you're slowing down, you're spending time together. I mean, even the fact that you're, you know, the, the ceramic shop, I mean, it's art, it's, it's something that demand it's, it's hands-on. You can't do that necessarily when you are uh, flustered or in a rush or, or whatever. And then, and then even to the point where uh, on the bowl that, that she made uh, for you, one of the quotes was um, about slowing down. It was, there's plenty of time if you don't hurry. And I want to get that like tattooed on my forehead or something, you know? know. We Uh, all have that tattooed on our forehead, right? Well, you know, you talk about the the simplicity of it and and the humility. And and I loved when you uh, shared your story about Mother Teresa, who, of course, I just love so much as well. Uh, It's so rare in our modern lives to meet someone who is truly humble and who truly embodies simplicity. And I think certainly Mother Teresa did. I think Pope Francis has really, you know, made humility popular again. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, you know, he's actually, I think, made the concept of humility trendy in a good way. Right. And I, <laughs> I, I every day try to uh, embrace humility, which isn't easy in our lives, but Sister Augustine was one of those rare people who I actually got to know who was as close to 100% humble as I'm probably ever going to meet in this life. And I think when we meet those kind of people, there's so much we can learn from them. And certainly when that door to the ceramic shop and studio closed behind me, when I got inside, 
we were surrounded by humility and simplicity and the bowls you're talking. Well, the bowl you mentioned was the quote bowl, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. I had asked her to create. And it was a one time, I was always asking her to do these special uh, pieces like that (laughs) for me. And she was always very kind to do it. But her most famous piece was called the Gussie special. And it was created. And again, you talk about simplicity and slowing down. This was created by her, uh, cleaning her brushes off on a bowl because she didn't want to waste the paint. So she'd be painting maybe one of her nativity sets or one of the birds and animals that she loved to do so much. Well, she didn't want to just clean that brush off in water and waste that paint. (laughs) So she always had a bowl sitting next to her that she would clean off the brushes. And when the bowl got bowl got full, she put it in the kiln and for the fun of it, see what came out. Well, I had discovered the first piece like that on my very first visit, which I write about. And I asked her about it and she explained how she did it. And I was so taken by that. I, I went, when I went back for that second visit, I asked her to do a bowl, which she had never done a larger piece like that. Well, that started this great adventure that she and I had, which led to her in the next five years, doing about 500 of these bowls. Because I, you know, while she was helping me navigate the pathway to a better understanding of who I was and self-discovery, I sort of pulled her out of, uh, you know, virtual retirement and (laughs) reporters into the studio for the first time. You know, she ended up uh, being on the front page of newspapers and, uh, and she didn't really know what to make of that. And, uh, the big thing she became known for were these Gussie specials, uh, which was so great, but these were not something that she could just pump out again, slowing down and talking about simplicity. Some would take up to a week to do. And they are these really extraordinary pieces, which I've started sharing on my Facebook page. And I've started encouraging others who have them uh, with the hashtag five years in heaven, sharing them. So your listeners can go and check out what, you know, when we say Gussie special, exactly what it looks like. And of course I would always throw terms at her, like abstract expressionism. I I would say (laughs) this is a great, and she would, you know, one of the greatest things is she would say, you never run out of words, do you? So, <laughs> so now anytime before I deliver a speech or do an interview, I always look up and say, you better not let me run out of words. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. You know, one of the things uh, that that uh, struck me in the book too, and I'm the Catholic foodie, right? I, this whole thing is about uh, where food meets faith. It's, you know, I guess the whole thrust, the whole purpose behind the Catholic foodie is to inspire and encourage families and, and friends to get back in the kitchen and get back around the table. Uh, we live in a, in a world that is so, you know, so chaotic and so busy. And and one of the things that we have lost over the, the last, um, I mean, a few decades is, is just this, these, these, uh, these habits, I mean, you know, family dinner was like the norm for so long. And, and, and now we, we struggle just to find time to, to sit together face to face and talk. So I try to encourage folks to do that. And, uh, I couldn't help but notice as a foodie that, uh, <laughs> that food does play a part, uh, in the book and in the relationship. And you, you shared your cooking with her and, and I, I did not, uh, mention this at the beginning of the show, but you are also a cookbook author. You've, you've authored uh, multiple cookbooks. And, um, can you tell me just a little bit, just your own thoughts on food and faith and relationships, friendships, and how that plays together? Well, I think that I, and that's why I love the mission of what you do, because I think food is such an amazing opportunity for us to 
stop and slow down, to be mindful in, in several ways, in thinking about where does this food come from? When we're eating that uh, delicious vine-ripened tomato, which I can't, I'm looking very forward to here in a couple of <laughs> months, to doing, uh, we can, it gives us a chance to think about where did that come from? And, and, and that reconnects us to our faith in that way. Uh, but also what you said about sitting down at the dinner table, or anywhere that you can sit down and share a meal with family and friends is such a special time that you just cannot recreate. Those are the rare moments that really make life so special and so precious. And I, I think, you know, sister and I, we sat at a table. There wasn't always food between us, usually clayware pieces, but we sat at a table. And, I, and one of the missions of Five Years in Heaven was to really make it a family-friendly book. So whether you're 17 years old, 20 years old, 50 or 90 years old, you can rally around this book and it almost becomes a dinner table in and of itself to sit down and connect across so many different issues. But in chapter 17, since you are the Catholic foodie, <laughs> uh, chapter 17 is called Food for Thought. And it starts out with uh, me and sister tailgating <laughs> in her studio <laughs> while watching, while watching, uh, archival footage of Pope John Paul II uh, from uh, youth, World Youth Day years before. But we're sitting there watching this footage, tailgating on some of the recipes that I was testing out for the beer cookbook that I was working on at the time, namely chocolate cake and some mm, dips. Wow. And so we did get to share uh, you know, actual food uh, across the table <laughs> from one another. And we got to bond in that way. But, you know, how great is it to bond over food and uh, with family and friends, whether no matter where you are? And so that, I, I just really appreciate and applaud the mission that you've put forth and especially your tagline, which is so fantastic of where food meets faith, because, you know, food and faith are really a match made in heaven for sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's great. I like that. I mean, have to use that. <laughs> a match made in heaven. I like it. Well, and you know, in, in, in talking about those glimpses of heaven on earth, you know, when we're enjoying that tomato fresh from the garden or that apple picked right off of a tree in the middle, you know, I have a favorite apple tree in the middle of a field. And I actually talk about it in the book to pick that apple right off and take a big juicy bite of it. That's a slice of heaven on earth. Oh yeah. Right there. And so we just have to be a little more mindful of those moments and let them uh, really let them be little uh, sparks of light in our life. So the book comes out. It's not out yet. It, it comes out in, uh, I think, just a few days. Huh? Can you tell us, uh, tell folks who are listening uh, when it comes out and where they'll be able to get it? It comes out on May 5th which is very soon. And it's going to be available wherever books are sold. And it's of course uh, available now for pre-order on Amazon. And what I'm loving, I am hearing already from people across the country who have book clubs and they are already uh, choosing this book to be their next book club selection, which is really fantastic. And there's a reading group guide on the Catholic image book set or uh, website rather. And so I, I'm just so excited to be hearing uh, from people who are already ordering it and, and gearing up to read it. And I'm so glad you had an advanced copy so that you can share it with readers as well. 
And uh, one last question, uh, John, this is, um, it's been a delight, by the way, to have you here. I have one last question, and you've already mentioned this uh, a little bit. We, we did touch on this here and there, but what's the, what is the one thing you want folks to really get from the book, to really take away from the book? I really want them to be able to sit down with this book and engage in the conversations, really join in in the conversations sister and I had, and really pull out their own meanings to the answers revealed. Uh, and I, and I think you have done that. Some of the others who have read advanced copies have done that, but it's important for me to now share sister Augustine as a mentor, as a friend, as that little slice of heaven on earth with everybody across the globe. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. So May 5th is the day. And, uh, and John, I'm, I'm going to have this, uh, uh, an article over at catholicfoodie.com as well, um, in preparation for, uh, the, the, the launch of the book, I think on April 29th is going to be uh, an article there. And I, I, I appreciate so much you taking the time to, to talk with us today. And, uh, I am just so thrilled about this book and I highly recommend it. So John, thank you. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully you and I can share a meal one day soon. Amen. <laughs> Chocolate cake with beer. and uh... <laughs> Sounds good. An another match perhaps made in heaven. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Again, uh, John, I want to thank you again for uh, joining me here at, on the Catholic Foodie uh, Podcast. What a delight. What a delight. I, I, I love the book. Uh, I loved our conversation. Um, thank you so much. And and folks, I do recommend this book, uh, Five Years in Heaven. I, I found that, you know, personally, it, it spoke to me in a very, you know, in a way that I could really relate with, you know, in a way that, that made me think back in my own life to the, the people who have impacted my life, nuns or, or or priests or, or adults or whoever it may have been in my own life who have impacted me in the kind of way that John is, is talking about. And I love the fact that, you know, if you can't recall those kinds of people, that, that his wish, right, his desire is to try to bring this story to the world because there may be people out there who, who need uh, Sister Augustine to help them too. And I think that is a, a beautiful thing. So again, thank you, John, very much for, for joining me here on The Catholic Foodie. And it's about that time, folks. We're about to wrap up the show here, and I have time for just one last announcement. And uh, maybe I can preface that announcement with this little um, this uh, little promo here. I'm going to let this run, and, uh, and then I'll come back and officially make this announcement for you. Hi, I'm Jeff Young, the host of the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio, where I provide Catholic culinary inspiration to help you grow in faith around the table of the Eucharist and around your family dinner table at home. From food in the Bible to recipes you can make in your own kitchen to stories and interviews that highlight the importance of shared meals with family and friends, you will find inspiration and encouragement to get into the kitchen and around the table. Check out my show page at realliferadio.com for details and showtimes. Then tune into my show on the new Real Life Radio app for the iPhone or Android. Download the app, change the world. Realliferadio.com. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that little 30-second uh, promo. Uh, basically, that's announcing to you the fact that uh, starting Monday, this coming Monday, which is Star Wars Day, right? May the 4th be with you. Starting Monday, uh, I'm going to host a live daily radio show called The Catholic Foodie Show. 
on Real Life Radio, which you can find out more about Real Life Radio and all the the various shows that they offer there uh, at realliferadio.com. I'm very excited about this. This is something brand new. It's going to be broadcasted live, and it's also broadcasted online at the same time. And then after the the broadcast, the show is going to be um, archived as a podcast. It's going to be released on iTunes and also Podbean. Uh, Real Life Radio uses Podbean as a, a way to get podcast out. And so it's going to be released uh, on the Catholic Foodie feed. Uh, so it will be a, an episode of the Catholic Foodie and also on Real Life Radio's uh, podcast feed. So uh, there will be, starting next Monday, a daily radio show uh, of the Catholic Foodie, which will be a podcast as well. So very excited about that. And uh, I'm trying right now to kind of plan out, uh, you know, some guests to have on the show and things like that. And one of the neat things about this, and I love it, you know, I ask for voice feedback a lot here at the Catholic Foodie because I love to play voice feedback. Uh, I think it's great to have a conversation. That's really what this is about, right? It's about uh, me and you communicating. And I know a lot of times folks don't communicate uh, by voice, they, they communicate with me uh, on social networks. Uh, they listen to the show. They may comment on on Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram, uh, or they leave a comment over at catholicfoodie.com. And that's all great. And I love that. I, I particularly love the voice feedback because, you know, it really does kind of get closer to that conversation, which is what this is all about. Well, the neat thing about doing the radio show is that we have a call-in number. (laughs) I love that. I love that. This is going to be great. Uh, And you can actually call in. And I'm very excited about that. The show is going to be Monday to Friday, Monday through Friday, uh, from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., Eastern time, right? 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. And there's a call in number and you'll be able to call in and we can actually talk and you can ask questions. We could talk about all the creative stuff you're doing in your kitchen. And if you have any questions, you know, we can discuss those questions right there live on the radio. Very, very exciting. So I hope that you find that news exciting. If you do, give me a call. Let me know. Give me voice feedback. 985-635-4974. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you have any suggestions, you know, Angela, last show, Angela C- uh, Cialana left voice feedback and gave me a bunch of ideas for content, you know, for the Catholic Foodie podcast. Now, this is still the podcast, right? You're still going to be getting a podcast. It's still be coming out. It's coming out every day. Uh, so I still need, I need lots of content, lots of content ideas. Uh, she had some great ones and uh, we're going to be able to incorporate a lot of those into the, the radio show. Uh, but if you have any ideas or if you have particular guests, you think would be really good to have on the show to talk food and faith. I'd love to know about it. Love to hear it. Please do let me know. You can always email me, by the way, at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. But in addition to that, you can also call and leave me voice feedback. I'd love to hear it. 985-635-4974. So with that, I thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Until then, bon appétit.
SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.